0: It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro.
1: WFO, how's everybody doing out there? What's up, drag racing fans? Joe Costello back with you. The in between, the U.S. Nationals and Maple Grove. And we're going to catch up with the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, just seconds from now. He's up there in PA already, getting ready for. The Grove. But what about the big go? How great was that yesterday uh, in the feed? You can find it very easily. Eddie Craywick, Jackie Frick, our first U.S. Nationals winners. And how about Eddie and Jackie being available like immediately? Later on today, approximately 3 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to try to go again and connect with Tim Wilkerson, going to be on the show. But honestly, I don't think we're going to make it. We're not going to get everybody, guys. It's not going to happen. We're not going to get everybody because got to, you know, pack pack and head on out early on tomorrow morning so it is what it is we're going to do our best we will connect fortunately erica and steve-o they're going to win again and we will double back on this u.s nationals victory but if you're out there you're a fan of drag racing share the show be ready we got alan reinhardt coming up uh, not long from now it's going to be great. But first, I want to tell you about the people who make it possible, like Torque Calibration Services of Australia. Talking about Matt Clark down there. And uh, go to the website, TorqueCalibrationServices.com.au, because they are up on all the leading torque wrench providers as in uh they get them right they calibrate them they get them right and correct think about how much money you spend on the parts and pieces how much are you spending on your torque wrenches to make sure they are up to snuff and reading correctly that's what they do down there in australia wanted to be a big part of our u.s nationals coverage and this is part of our u.s nationals coverage so check them out and big thanks to uh, all of our listeners down under we really appreciate you guys also our wfo radio patreons we're gaining Gaining Patreons, patreon.com slash WFO radio. They normally get a little Monday motivation or a little Tuesday motivation. This week, they've got nothing. They've got nothing. Isn't that great? Join the Patreons, guys, where you get nothing extra. That's right. No, you get a little something extra every now and again. But they're very understanding of our schedule here at WFO. Join the Patreon where you can get nothing. Isn't that a great pitch? Come on. It's like a counterintuitive pitch. This guy's telling us to uh, pay and we're going to get nothing. I think we should do it. I think you should do it as well. RodaxCoffeeAndGrills.com, 817-924-6821. Marvin Rodak, coffee, hot sauce, spice rub, grills, tools, recipes, tips, information. Give him a call. He's down there in Fort Worth, Texas, and he is a super diehard drag racing fan. You know, does uh, turns wrenches, works on cars, does it all. But the coffee is the best thing he's got going on today. Woo! And you should check it out. Give them a call, call Marvin, and tell them you heard about it on WFO Radio. Plus, our great friends at Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. We always say start your education at full speed. This is one of my favorite sponsors because I like to think that some of our audience members will go through the school at Samtech and then become part of this sport that we all love and help continue it on for generations to come. Doesn't sound that sound great? Plus, make themselves happy with a job that they love samtech.edu they're approved to train veterans under the gi bill by the way so check them out samtech.edu total seal piston rings the leader in ring seal technology boy did i learn a lot at the total seal trackside tech talk lake speed keith jones ed keebler from rotler all there just educating and informing on uh you know ring seal surface roundness just all the amazing things we had a you know sold out crowd there like every seat was taken it was pretty amazing all to educate on the importance of ring seal yes it's pretty important and a lot of the gains that have been gained in the past couple of years are due to less friction inside your engine Totalseal.com. check out the website and new episodes of hidden horsepower all my friends down there in oz uh ken mcnamara who does v8 supercar engines and 410 sprints uh, was our guest, and it was really a great episode. New episode's upcoming, but you can check that archive. And then finally, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Frank Hawley, the legend of legends, training future legends. And you can also train you, too, in the dragster adventure. Like maybe you and your friends or you and your clients or you and your sales team want to go out there and have a corporate event where you're all driving race cars. That sounds so cool to me. And someone you will be the winner. You can set up all of that. Go to frankholly.com. Give him a call. Tell them you heard about it on WFO Radio and uh, make it happen, an experience where you show up with just the clothes on your back and you leave with a uh, memory of a lifetime. Check it out, Frankholly.com Big shout out to our friends at Nitro Fish. You can pick up a WFO Radio t-shirt the Nitro Fish trailer and, of course, our own WFO store, which I was in meetings this morning to improve our WFO store so much, oh, so much, to improve the quality of my life so much. Uh, check it out. You can get masks and uh, everything else you need in the WFO store, including an air fryer like Stubo who is now part of the Breville Airfire Mafia, which we will talk about on the Ignition Show. WFO stickers. People are mailing in for WFO stickers. I went and picked up some mail today. People are still sending in self-addressed stamped envelopes. It is great. But now I'm a little nervous about this because, you know, the net. The voice of the NHRA, we got to talk about the big go, baby. Alan Reinhardt's already ready for the next race. What's up, Alan?
0: I am ready. I am uh, actually in Pennsylvania and uh, just came directly here. I had some studio stuff I had to do in Indy on Tuesday, so I just hung out for the extra day there and then came over here. But uh, I'm ready. It's like 75 degrees here today. I don't know what the density altitude is, but it sure feels fast.
1: I don't. i am uh, reluctant to discuss any weather relating to Maple Grove because it's looking too good right this is maple grove we're going to it's supposed to be rainy we're supposed to have problems it's supposed to be like that way and i my primitive brain is going to hold on to that previous experience until i'm shocked out of it by reality
0: well rumor has it there's supposed to be a little something coming through this evening so we're supposed to get some rain this evening and maybe overnight but it's supposed to be everything i've seen says it's supposed to be okay the rest of the weekend and you know me as a general rule i don't worry about stuff i can't fix and so I'm going to show up at the races and whatever happens happens. Kind of like what we did last week, show up at the races and just see what happens.
1: Uh, right. Exactly. And it was going great. And then Saturday happened and we got rained out and we lost a session. We lost two sessions. We only had one session to get qualified. That was uh, stressful and troubling and nerve wracking, which uh, we saw a lot of you know, red lights on Sunday morning, but yet. And still I felt like the big go was awesome. Alan, like I had a great time. Everybody I talked to, in spite of the rain on Saturday, had a, an epic event. The results were great, and another one in the books. Indy was Indy, and boy, what a crowd on Sunday!
0: Yeah, the felt the place felt pretty full all weekend when you know when we were racing. Obviously, you know Friday it seemed like it uh, we had a pretty good crowd out there. The All Stars and then the one qualifying session that was there that night. But uh, you know it it really felt a little bit more like the old Indy um still miss some of this stuff you know Indy's always like it's this much stuff and we have these meetings and it's like okay wait are we actually going to have time to race cars you know by the time we get all this done will there be time to have a race and it was not quite back to full normal but uh you know it, it was great to have fans out there it was great to have you know all the activity on the racetrack I hate that it ended up so late. Uh, you know, we ended up running sportsman cars again much later than we ran the pros. And, you know, the, the rain just gave us some issues on Sunday that really kind of put a different dynamic onto the race. So it wasn't the two cars down the track, zoom, zoom, zoom performance fest that we had up in, uh, in Minnesota a couple of weeks before. But it was pretty dramatic racing, not only for the win. But a number of teams were racing, you know, specifically for lane choice, because they really felt like we have to have lane choice if we're going to go on and win this race. And that just added a different dimension to it. So, you know, there different races have different things that that you remember about them, different things that stand out. And uh, say this one wasn't, you know, it certainly wasn't the clone of what we saw up in Minnesota, but that didn't make it a bad event. By the end of the day, that had plenty of drama and plenty of excitement and a couple of surprise winners, no doubt about that.
1: Yes. Yes. And so we've got a lot to unpack. We're going to unpack it with Alan and it's going to be great. Um, But you mentioned Indy, like the way we used to remember it. And I think we did a lot to announce for the fans and, you know, the fans, right? Like we, we, uh, we have expectations and all, but the reality of certain circumstance out there in the world is what it is. And so this year we were racing on, on Sunday, but next year we're scheduled to race on Monday. And this year we didn't have any bonus races, Next year, the National Hot Rod Association announced two bonus races, an all-star shootout with the call-outs that everybody has been clamoring for, right? So, like, maybe when you come up with an idea and talk about an idea and present an idea, it's not going to be uh, adopted instantly. Like, the next day, hey, Twitter, yeah, it's a great idea. We're going to do it somewhere. But it obviously, the whole call-out, exhibition race, specialty bonus race, one at Gainesville, one at in Indy. It uh, it was on the radar the whole time. And everybody that thought, well, NHRA is never going to do anything new or different or fresh or exciting, they were, uh, they were a little wrong. And here it is. It's a reality now. That's kind of cool. To me, that was one of the highlights of the weekend.
0: Yeah, I think it was as well. And, you know, it's interesting because the call-out format has been floated before about, you know, hey, what if we did this? What if we did that? What if we... And it is really, there's been a lot of pushback from the racers themselves that didn't think it was a good idea. Um, you know, when we did the blind draw thing on the Pro Stock Motorcycle uh, shootout that we had a couple of years ago out in Sonoma, remember when we just like everybody like, okay, number four, you're going to race him. Uh, that was at one point when it's like, what if we did call outs? And the riders didn't want to do that. They were okay with the blind draw. They didn't want to do call outs. Uh, and I think some of the fear is, well, you know, there's teammates involved, right? So you're never going to call out your teammate. And some of the fear is, you know, well, gee, I don't want to come off as a bad guy calling out some. And But it, it really should be part of sport. It should be part of the rivalry. And I think it's good that, uh, you know, the drivers have embraced this concept and they, they're they on board with it and that NHRA is going to run with it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out the first time because, uh, you know, the first time is always when everybody's kind of feeling their way and not sure about it. But I'm really looking forward to how it's going to play out the first time. I think it's going to be fun.
1: Yes, well, exactly. And it's just we're adding back to what people remembered. And the idea that we're going to have a specialty race in Gainesville is of particular excitement to me. Also, it wasn't just an Indy thing. We're going to kind of spread it around one in Gainesville, one in Indy. And uh, that's just another reason to go to Gainesville, go to Indy and watch these extra bonus format races.
0: Yeah and you know like there's not enough reason to go to Gainesville and Indy anyway but it's the right. typical added value for the fans and that's something that you know NHRA has always looked at you know the reason Bill Bader does fireworks it's because it's added value for the fans it's something the fans remember it's something that maybe will sell a few tickets but certainly will make fans want to come back Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of different racetracks that do a lot of different things. And that's what the bonus races have always been about. And the thing is, I don't know how many people realize this, but you know, when we made the announcement of the NHRA all-star challenge, these are not sponsored events. NHRA put up the money to do this because the fans wanted it because they felt that they needed to come back. Now is the hope that somebody will come on board and, you know, sponsor the events and increase. Absolutely. It is. But the reality is NHRA went out and spent this money, put up this money because they want to bring this back, because the fans want to see this come back. And so they're basically they're putting their money up and and doing what the fans ask them to do.
1: And what was the uh, since we're talking a little inside baseball on that, which I think is important because you know, we spend some time pushing back on just false reports. There's a lot of false reports out there all the time, right? Like, uh, y- you know, that NHRA doesn't want Cobra Jet Mustangs and Constant Aviation Factory Stock Showdown, right? Like, so they're, like, actively trying to get rid of Fords. Like, that's just crazy talk. But people, there's enough crazy people to talk crazy stuff out there. So you got to push back. I think that this is a big storyline, that NHRA is, these races are happening whether they get sponsored or not. But maybe... They'll get sponsored. And from what I understand, if that happens, they'll become bigger.
0: Well, of course they will. You know, if if you go into something with the expectation of, you know, and it doesn't matter what the number is, right? We're going to go in. OK, we're going to spend 10 bucks on this. If a sponsor comes in and says, hey, I want to spend 15 bucks. Now we got 25 bucks to spend on it and it keeps growing and growing. And for the record, before somebody asked, the total purse between the two races is over a quarter of a million dollars. Okay, so NHRA is not going into this thing going, okay, you know, five grand to win, everybody come out in this race for NHRA put up some serious money to make this happen. And if sponsors want to get involved, if corporate somebody corporate goes, you know what, I want it to be the WFO shootout for funny cars, right, then it can certainly increase. So that's what we're looking forward to. But you know, having Having the property out there, I think, is good for NHRA. I think it's good for the racers. I think it's good for the fans. Uh, You know, I don't see a downside at all. And I also like one of the things that I don't want to say I didn't like it because, you know, anytime fan involvement. But when they were taken in the Traxxas days, when they were taking the top seven and then letting the fans vote in the eighth one. Yes. I always feel like, you know, somebody earned that spot. That now may not get it. And a couple of times they did a couple of times they didn't. But I think, you know, you wouldn't say, okay, you know, we got seven teams that are going to go to the playoffs by winning races or winning, winning games. And then we're going to vote in the last one. I mean, I think you should, I think it should be an earned position. And in this, it is going to be an earned position. All eight of them are going to be earned. And that'll give us just one more thing to talk about as we're coming down to Gainesville or next year in Indy is, you know, where are they in qualifying? Where are they? Who can make up ground? Who cannot make up ground? You know, somebody goes out there and has an iffy qualifying deal. Or maybe we have a situation like we had last weekend, right? Where we only have one qualifying session or we only have, and all of a sudden, one of the guys that's you know sitting seven or eight, qualifies 15th, doesn't get a whole lot of points. And maybe that's going to play into the drama of who's going to race and who's not. So I'm I'm all for it. But I really like the fact that you earn the position uh and that's the way you're going to have to get in.
1: I agree. I agree. Uh the um
0: I made the bed, by the way. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. Every time you do oh, the can, can can that, can I see that? Let's see
1: that. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Good job, Alan. Good job. Morgantown PA, man. The best of the best. Bright lights, big city, city of lights, city of magic. But uh hey, I'm I'm excited about it and it's gonna be good. Yeah, the teams that have big media, big social media, they're always gonna crush the smaller teams that don't. So now it will be Uh, an earned position, but that's just kind of the good news that came out of the sport. Bo Butner coming back, which is cool. Uh, It's uh, it was a good news event, but then it was some bad news too. And we'll get into the results of course, but the Matt Hagan can't race COVID protocol storyline very now with sports because it's happening to teams all throughout sports. Uh, We, you know, wondered, we were certainly hoping that we would be unscathed by it, but, Now we're, you know, the COVID protocols for the NHRA are being tested. And look, they sequestered, you know, Matt, uh, you know, stayed away from the team and was not able to race. And Tommy Johnson was able to get the call and jump right in. They did not qualify because they made a safety call. Uh, They had a problem with the wheelie bar and Dickie and Alex Conaway were like, there's zero chance we're sending a car down the racetrack in that condition, which I admire greatly. But, uh, you know, now Hagen's championship hopes, we're going to have to wait and see like what happens with him being, healthy enough to race because let's face it healthy is the operative word like i hope this guy's okay i don't know what his status is but to me that's the number one thing
0: yeah i agree i think you know the most important thing is for matt to get better and you know we have had a couple of our racers that have had some brushes with it you know bob taska last year uh, had to sit out a race Uh, but we haven't had I don't want to say we haven't had anybody that had serious issues. I mean, you know, Todd Smith had some pretty serious problems. Jock had some pretty serious problems. Uh, the most important thing is that he gets better. And the rest of it is just racing. You know, whatever happens this year happens. Um, and it's this is 100% 2020 hindsight, okay? You are not going to send a funny car down the racetrack with a broken wheelie bar, period. Because, one, it ain't going to go down the racetrack. And, two, you're likely to not come back with a complete funny car, if you get what I mean. It's, it's Bad things are going to happen. But I can't help but wonder if 2020 hindsight Dickie would have told Tommy to stage the thing and take the tree because that would have given him at least qualifying points. You know, as it came in, he got nothing. They never made an official qualifying attempt. They never staged the car and they ended up going from first into points until fifth. And I think if they would have just qualified the car, they would have at least been fourth. So, you know, it's, Obviously you're making a, you're making a decision where you go, look, this thing can't go down the racetrack and you get it. And everybody was certainly hoping we'd get at least one on Friday in which it would have been a complete moot point. But, uh, you know, like I said, the 2020 hindsight, and now it's just a matter of, you know, how soon Matt will be back. But the most important thing is that Matt needs to get better and, you know, on another, not nearly the big headline, but uh, the Stevenson family was not there, you know, uh, Lisa and Nicole and the, the entire Stevenson, they had the family had a bout with COVID and a couple pretty serious. And, and so, you know, it, it certainly has affected NHRA on all levels. You know, obviously the pros get you know, the pros get the headlines, but there have been a lot of racers. How many times have we gone to a race and gone? Shouldn't yes. some so be here in super gas? Yes. And they're not. And that's because, you know, everybody's, A lot of people have had to deal with it, even though there haven't been a lot of the, necessarily the headline makers that have had to deal with it.
1: And nobody likes to talk about it, even us. Like we beat beat it into the ground the first, you know, couple months of it. And then it's just a generally, uh, you know, a negative uh, feeling talking about it and a bit of a, like, oh man, you know, you you all, people are taking it uh, onto themselves to do whatever they think is right for themselves. But what's interesting is when that, whatever uh, the person you know does or decides like you know you can still get covid if you're vaccinated you're just not going to end up in the hospital the the odds are changed uh dramatically but your team the sport the all of this is very interesting so i'm wondering like with tommy johnson right the rule is and what a great rule to discourage lying about having covid let's face it right like that a sure. replacement driver can get points on your behalf the reason that was done is because it disincentivizes someone keeping it to themselves and going out there and racing with COVID and trying it. to do it like that. You have to do that. Right. But how many races is that good for in a countdown where Matt Hagan is a championship one race? Is it good for two races? Like that's something that I wonder if we're going to be testing here in the next few weeks.
0: I, it would seem so uh, depending on how long it takes before Matt to come back comes back I got a number of questions about that in my announcer email I got you know some social media hits and stuff about and the answer is I don't know Uh, I spoke to a couple of the guys who do make the rules and they have said it's a fluid situation when we said we will allow a fill-in driver if necessary we never sat down and said one race two race three race and You know, it's it's part of the thing that makes it a difficult situation is our schedule right now. We're racing every week for the next five. Yes. You know, there are times in the year where if a driver had to sit two weeks, he might not miss a race or he might miss one race and have plenty of time. But right now, I mean, you could miss if you have to be out two weeks and take another couple of days to be sure you could miss three races. And as far as is there a cap on the, you know, how long the substitute driver can continue with the points from the primary driver, uh, it has not been told to me if there is. Uh, you know, there's, there's just so much to take into consideration, and there will be people come down on both sides of it, right? It will be the old, hey, you know, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles went down, they put Nick Foles in, and he, they still won the Super Bowl because the whole team, they had a backup quarterback, so why, you wouldn't take a whole team and throw the Super Bowl away. We have a backup driver. Why would you penalize the whole team? There will also be the contingent that says the points go with the driver. The points have always gone with the driver. It's always been the rule that the driver has the points. So what are you going to do now? You know, next time somebody, you know, stubs a toe, you're going to go, oh, well, you know, he'll just put in somebody else and let him drive, you know, next. And so no matter what decision is made, there's going to be plenty of debate about it. But, uh, you know, I just leave it up to the guys. You know, there's some pretty smart people that are talking about this. I know that pro is involved in the discussion that, you know, we as a sport have to do what's best for the sport. And it's not just going to be, you know, some drag racing czar going, this is it. And you will all obey my command. It's going to be everybody coming together because right now, every team out there knows this could be me. This could happen to my team. So. What would we want if it was my team that was in this position and what would be fair? Um, And I will just let them work it. There's some really smart people that are talking about this and trying to figure it out. And I will let them figure it out.
1: I agree. No, and uh, it is fluid. And it just, again, uh, a sign of the times. We're all doing what we can do. We all want to continue to go wherever we want to go and race and live life and be out and all of that. But there's a reality out there that we have to acknowledge. And uh, reminders like this.
0: but let's not lose sight of the most important thing matt needs to get better that's the most important thing you know about every day you see somebody you know whether it's an athlete whether it's a, a showbiz personality where it's somebody that is very very sick right not just i was down for a couple of weeks or i didn't feel good for 10 days but i mean like very very sick fighting for their life kind of sick let's get matt better the rest of this stuff is not that important comparatively speaking
1: no, I, I have a, a someone I know on a ventilator. I had a great conversation with Bobby Bennett from Competition Plus, who was the, uh, for me, the face of COVID for drag racing. The first person that I knew directly that had it, the first bullet that we all dodged at Gator Nationals last year, and uh, Bobby, you know, sat me down in the media center and we had a nice, just a, a deep discussion about it. And you know what I took out of it was like, hey. You know, he was he was he was giving me like a little bit of like, don't don't take it lightly. This is a serious deal. And he reminded me of the the pain that he went through and that he's still feeling after effects of it. And so I just hope that uh, people realize that and obviously consult your doctor. All right. Let's talk about racing. Let's talk about Top Fuel, where Steve Torrance and Brittany Force make the final round. And how awesome is that? Like those two. Both like, all right, here we go. Let's get it on. Going into the playoff, Brittany, with, what, six number one qualifiers in a row? Uh, I know five was tying a record that went back to the alan days. I don't know about what six is. Is that, uh, I guess, breaks the record or that's now her record? But my goodness, Brittany, number one qualifier. One session, I get it. But they stormed to the final round, and it's Steve and Brittany. And what interesting racing throughout the day. I think the run of the day was Doug Coletta versus Billy Torrance because – that's just awesome. And everybody loves a crazy pedal fest like that. Josh Hart showing what he is made of with Ron Douglas, like how Ron Douglas is uh, like Ron Douglas. What an unbelievable. He always goes to the semifinals. Like that's it. Semifinal round bound. But Alex Laughlin getting his first round win. We had all these different sub stories, Steve versus Antron first round, Steve beating his dad. But in the final round, you got Brittany, you got Steve, Steve goes down, Brittany goes up in smoke and Steve Torrance wins the big go. Again
0: yeah it was it was real interesting to me you know when Brittany ran in the semifinals ran first and ran a 374 and you know you spoke to David Grubnick on the starting line and he said it's not fast enough. He said we need to get lane choice and that's just not fast enough. Richard's going to get lane choice and you know they believed the left lane was was the only lane you could win in, which Tim proved that wasn't true, but at the time you know mentally if you believe I got to have this lane then, then that's locked in and to, you know steve steve who is absolutely one of the best shallow stagers out there you know i put him sean langdon doug coletta probably all on that same list but steve blinked the bulb six times it looked like because he was trying to get everything he could and for those who understand shallow staging helps your et for those who don't understand shallow staging really does help your et and then he ends up garnering lane choice by one thousandth of a second And was that the determining factor in the final round? I mean, there's a lot of people that would tell you absolutely positively. Yes, it was. Um, You know, and as it turned out, Steve went down the racetrack and, and, you know, but from a confidence standpoint, you know, the old, uh, the old bull Durham thing, you know, if you believe this is the reason you're winning, then it's true. And if you believe that you have to have lane choice to win, and it certainly on that day and on that racetrack was a bigger issue than it usually is. But, uh, you know and so so steve gets lane choice by a thousand steve goes ahead and wins indy for the third time if you count his alcohol car but he also he's won it twice down top fuel
1: yes and uh steve torrance going into the countdown right like he's the only guy to sweep the countdown there's no way to improve on the way he swept the countdown right sure there oh, is. I, actually there is <laughs> actually there is a sweep in 2021 would be a better sweep than in the past by one race but Seven races. Uh, Seven races, exactly. But I don't know. I'm looking at the cars, and I'm thinking about the future being bright. Like, I think about Tripp Tatum's car, right? Like, I know he's not going to run full schedules or anything, but that's a clone of a Capco car. And Tripp is super stoked, and he's going to go try to find money, and he's excited about running that car. Greg Carrillo, Alan. Like that team, right? You got Glenn Micros, you got uh, Aaron Brooks out there. Greg Carrillo is finding way to go rounds and make moves in the NHRA. They've got a good car. It's not like, I don't know, I don't want to make it sound negative, but maybe 10 years ago where there were a lot of people with older top fuel cars in, and they would come out and they would run an attempt to qualify and it was great and all, but, you know, old equipment. There's a lot of people with new equipment just sitting there ready to drop on people and if they can find some money, uh, they're going to be in the mix. And that that to me is exciting. Uh, Krista Baldwin, just so great to have her out there. Some good things happening for uh, Krista as well. Just a very exciting top fuel race in general.
0: It was. And, you know, having more people that want to come out and get involved is, is a great thing. Obviously, we need cars. And if they are regional cars, that's wonderful. You know, if Tripp decides that, okay, I'm not going to run the full tour, but, you know, from his central base down in Texas, if he decides, okay, uh, I'll run Topeka, um, I'll run, you know, Vegas, maybe Phoenix, Houston, Dallas, that's a nice start. And if he goes out there, starts generating some interest and starts generating some sponsor interest and starts going rounds, then he's going to obviously try to expand that schedule. That's what everybody's plan is. Uh, you know, Josh is going to be with us now, hard for the rest of the season, so he says. So that's, that's great. It's a good car. Every time they bring it out, it's a good addition. And the fact that there are so many of the big teams out there right now, and this goes for Schumacher and goes for Coletta as well as it does for the Capco boys, they're willing to help. You know, if somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm trying to get started, I'm trying to do this. You know, there are, you know, some good used parts that are available out there right now. There's some good used cars that are available out there right now. Or if you want to go the Trip Tatum route, you know, where you call Bobby Lagana and say, I would like to purchase a brand new top fuel car, and Bobby says, "Okay, you know, but what options would you like, sir? Yeah, do you want power steering? Do you want air conditioning? You know, what you like an air freshener on the dash?" Uh, But they can put that together and give you the absolute best equipment if you've got the wherewithal to go out and do it that way. And you know, it wasn't always like that. I mean, yes, you could always call Murph or you could call Brad, or and you could buy a chassis like the other guys had you could call aj or you could call brad or you could, and you could get the engine components you needed you could but there really wasn't a place that you could go go i want a brand new state of the art car to be built and have it done and i mean literally just go pick it up so uh, you know that now can be done if you if you call dsr and say i am interested in racing top fuel i would like a complete operation they can put one together for you and all you got to do is show up and drive the truck out of the shop if that's what you want to do so you know hopefully that will help it's not going to help overnight but hopefully that will help and i think i think that there are people out there who have been big fans of nhra maybe they're racing in a slightly slower class but they have a budget to be able to go out and step up and do things and if you look and go, you know what? I got to go spend a lot of money to do this. And all I'm going to do is get mowed down by the big cars. Yeah, you know what? I, I'd rather do what I'm doing now, right? Have a chance to win. Go out, go some rounds, have a good time. But when they see the Josh Hart's and the Greg Carrillo's and the, that can go out there and win a round or two and be competitive. No, none of those guys yet have, you know, running for the championship. Josh won his first race. We all remember that. But you now... I think it's more of an incentive to get involved if you know that you can get involved and at least be competitive right off the bat yeah and so you know we'll just have to wait and see but you know there's plenty of smart people out there that are willing to help there are plenty of tuners out there that if you're looking to do four or five races a year but you want to have somebody to come in and oversee your operation you know whether it's a stewie whether it's an aaron brooks whether it's a but you can find those guys out there that will come in make sure that you leave with a car as opposed to, you know, well, we came in and we blew up six motors and, you know, only made three runs down the racetrack. People will help you. And there's a lot of that out there. You know, it. it there's not a nitro racer in the pits that walk up to Coletta's door and say, hey, I need some help and be turned away or any of the other big teams out there. So, it, you know, it's a good time right now for people that want to get involved, I think.
1: Modern day Logie brothers, right? You just call, you get on the thing, you get, you order your car, you go out, you go race. And I'm thinking about guys like Scott Graham with Brandon Welch. There's a lot of talent, a lot of youth, a lot of new equipment. It's out there, it's available. We just need everybody to start showing up at once. Hey, before we move on from Top Fuel, I want to talk about something that was kind of a negative story, but I, you know, I don't really think so, which was uh, people were upset about what was happening with the right lane. And yeah, I get it. It was not optimal, but I got to say, I look at it in a totally different way that NHRA recognized the situation, put a halt on stuff, went out there and scraped the track and got it back. Right. So, whereas uh, later on in the day when it was extremely critical, um, the track came around so much so that Wilkerson was able to run a 91 and shot caps out of that lane. Like it rains so much. People don't really understand From what I understand, there were some repairs to that side of the track, et cetera, the water getting under the rubber, causing problems. The safari, uh, we were running early Sunday morning. It was definitely not an optimal situation, but that's kind of part of drag racing. Every once in a while, you're going to run into that.
0: Well, I mean, it is a part of drag racing. Every once in a while, you're going to run. It's a part of any kind of racing or any kind of sport. There are going to be days when you don't get optimal to deal with. What I think a lot of people don't understand, and I got a number of emails about this as well, and I answered every one of them. The Safety Safari spends three days preparing a racetrack. They come in on Monday or Tuesday the week before, and in this particular case, because they tested in Brainerd, you know, they came down, they had the extra week, but they come in at least three days early to prepare the racetrack, and that is scraped down to the concrete, and that is completely reprep, build the base, it's it's almost like putting together a cake, you know, you, you've got to go down to the concrete and then you start working it together. And then during the course of the weekend, normally there are a hundred nitro runs down the racetrack and we've got the tire draggers and the other stuff that we use, which simulates, but there is nothing to prepare a racetrack like a nitro car making runs down the racetrack. There just isn't. And if we get a little shower here and there throughout the course of the weekend, we've seen a lot, right? You know, come in, dry the thing off, kind of do to reprep it, and the track will be okay. We've seen that a lot. When you get 14 straight hours of rain and wipes everything out, you basically have to start all over again. And the safari was out there at 4 o'clock Sunday morning working on the racetrack. Uh, we actually started the sportsman racing a little bit late because they were continuing to work on the racetrack. And... The, the left lane just came around sooner than the right one did. I, I can't explain why. I think if they could explain why they would have gone out and tried to fix that. But after the first round, they as you said, stopped, I believe it was 25 minutes that they said, look, you know yes, we're behind. Yes, we need to run sportsman cars. Yes, we got a lot to do, but this is important. We need to take the time and make sure that we try to fix this racetrack. And the left lane was still better. But the right lane came around. You know, Greg Carrillo went down the right lane. Leah went down the right lane. They didn't advance, but they got down the racetrack. And so, you know, you do the best you can. And then there comes a point where you just have to move forward. And, you know, I would it have been nice to go, okay, sure. And there were a number of people that said, well, you know, they should have just backed everything up and raced on Monday. Seriously?
1: Yeah.
0: So no. you're going to go tell all those fans, oh, by the way, back another day stay another night in a hotel change your plane tickets do you know whatever you just simply can't do that and so you you sometimes got to do the best in the situation you can even though it's not perfect and that's what that's exactly what nhra did they did the best they could in a situation that wasn't perfect to make it as good as they possibly could all of the racers understood it you know how many people not just the ones that won how many people said Man, the safety safari killed themselves this weekend, trying to do everything they could. This is what we got. So this is what we're going to deal with. And that's what we dealt with. And One other thing I think that bears pointing out, and I don't know how many people think about this. You watch the alcohol competition all weekend, right? Yes. Pretty good racing, right? Yes. That's the difference between top fuel cars. You know, when you've got five or six thousand more horsepower that makes that much difference all that work they did on the racetrack the alcohol cars were fine the sportsman cars were fine you know top dragster and, and uh, top dragster and top sportsmen that are you know the high mile an hour big they went down the racetrack but the top fuel cars are just such a different animal and the nhra did the best they could with the circumstances they had
1: and i think you know i think uh, we should commend them right like we this is a conversation we don't have nearly as much as we did in the past the one lane racetrack i remember it was a thing for a while there have been a lot of new updated services in the nhra thinking you know vegas and thinking which they went four wide but richmond and gainesville and and they, this has been a deal all right here we are we had a uh kind of a one lane racetrack they made it work and uh that's what Lane choice is about. They're not always going to be exactly equal. But then when we get down to the final rounds, I think it was nine in the left, nine in the right. Winners came out of it. So by the end of the day, it all had uh, it had worked out. But it was a challenge. And, you know, it's not uh, easy. It's not automatic that it's going to be that way. It's because of hard work and people get the job done. Let's move it over to Funny Car, where John Force was the number one qualifier. John and Britt, number one with that one session. John goes out there, runs Dale Creasy in the first round. And lights the internet on fire, right? With I the do. let me,
0: let me just off. let me just go back let me just go back real quick one last quick top fuel thing for yes anybody that wasn't paying attention on Friday night, Leah and or Brittany and Steve were the last two pairs down the racetrack in top fuel, and they both went three sixty eight. Okay, so yes. the safety safari had both lanes prepped perfectly equally before the rain ruined all their work. And then the left lane came back around quicker than the right lane did. But, you know, they went into that weekend with two lanes perfectly prepped and the weather for whatever reason, the right lane didn't come back, but it was the weather. So anyway, yes, John sports lit up the internet because he crossed the center line. You can see it. Everybody knows. No, you're showing the wrong picture. Show the one where it's obvious that he crossed the center line and there's no doubt. And you know, I
1: don't have that one. I cut right to the, to the mustard. Like I got to tell you though, Watching from the starting line, I felt like there was a really good chance that he crossed. Like I wasn't ready to make the call because I know that it's tough. But everybody that was on the starting line, there were people shaking their fist. Uh, I, you know, I can kind of get it. That's why I'm happy I don't make that call because they went out and they observed and they checked it. And then you tweeted a video yesterday and I watched the video like 10 or 15 times. And then Steve Brenwald created this, uh, screen captures, which apparently the first and the last photo are the same photo was just eliminated off the end there, but he didn't cross. He didn't cross, nope. but it was very close balls and strikes. And, one of those deals.
0: And you know, the number of people that, well, because it was John force had, yes. nothing it. It no. had nothing to do with it. It had nothing to do with it. The rule for, I mean, I'm sure that everybody that's watching WFO knows, but just in case, the rule says, if you make contact with any of the timing equipment, i.e. a block, you're disqualified. If you don't make contact, then you must cross the line to be disqualified. If you touch the line, that's okay. If your tire crosses the line, then you're disqualified. And there's no question that John touched the line, but he didn't cross the line. And when the trackside observers walk out there and look, it's a white line with a black tire mark. And they said, yes, the tire came on top of the line. Yes, the tire did or no, the tire did not cross the line. John was able to pull it back before he got to the 934 block. So he didn't make contact with that. And that by rule is a legal run because even though the header was over, even though the body was over, the tire did not cross the line and no contact was made with any of the timing equipment. And that is the rule. The one uh, shot, the sh- or at least one of the shots that the TV guys were showing the video uh, that I retweeted out. And then the shots that you came from, came from a video that a fan was taken in the stands, but the television video showed clearly the body across the line, clearly that the header was across the line. And if you had looked at that in static form, you would think, Well, there's no way that the tire's not across the line, but when you're driving the car and you're coming in and you're leaning and you're turning, the tires are folding under, the body is rolling over and you actually have more of a gap between where the tire actually touches and where the body actually is. And it's basically, that is what kept the tire from crossing the line. But as the rule is written, that was a legal run. And now, of course, there's people out there going, well, they need to change the rule. Well, if you want to change the rule, that's fine. Change the rule. But we raced on Sunday as the rule is written right now. And as the rule is written right now, that was a perfectly legal run. And John won the race.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I would say, you know, like how, how far do we want to go with this, right? Like you want to run a laser down the middle of the track and like a stage beam right down the center of the track the whole way, and if you touch it, you're disqualified. Do we want that? Think about baseball. You know, I'm watching the great uh, Derek Jeter be inducted into the Hall of Fame right now, and uh, we could do a digital strike zone. Uh, do we want that? You know, I don't know. Uh, I would like to see it be as clear and easy to determine as possible. It's a bummer that there are people that really believe – Yeah, they're out there. Well, it's John Forrest. Uh, Let him go. You know, it's uh, even though he was across. Because that's counterproductive in the end of it. Uh, Bad for the sport. This was just a tough call, right? They had to go out. uh, Well, you know, in real time. Like for me on the starting line, that's why we had to go and look. And they went and they looked and they did due diligence. um, And they made the call. And it was the right call after video evidence revealed it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and and I think... It's the old tennis thing, right? I saw chalk fly. Okay, then it's in. That's as simple as that. Well, it looked like it was, I don't care. And, you know, that's why they have trackside observers. That's why they have guys to go out and walk out there and look and say, here's the line, here's the tire track. It did not cross, period. Um, You know, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Jeff Foster jumped on Twitter on one of those threads, and he said, we repaint the lines before our national event at Las Vegas, specifically for that reason. And if people cross the lines, we will go out and paint them overnight so that coming into Sunday especially, we have crisp, perfect new lines. And if somebody needs to go out there and look, a black tire on a white line leaves a mark.
1: Absolutely. And Sammy Eubanks out there, who did a great job with our national anthem on Sunday morning. Way to go, Sammy. Uh, Is it the front tire? Is it the back tire? Or is it either? And it's either. 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 Either
0: tire. If there's a back, tire mark on the other side of the line, it's a DQ.
1: Right. And someone on Twitter asked, brought up the uh, the NFL, like the plane of the end zone, right? Like where you see him break the plane of the end zone. And so it would be the back plane of the line. Not the okay. front plane of the line, because the line is four inches. So it wouldn't be the front. You can be, you can be on the line. You can't go over the line. Over the line. Okay. So,
0: okay. But then, you know, you want to bring up the NFL. Um, You catch a ball that is clearly <laughs> out of bounds. Yes. But your feet are not out of bounds. Right. Well, the ball was out of bounds. Yeah. Now, if that was the goal line, the ball was over the goal line. That's a touchdown. How come if the ball's out of bounds, that's not out of bounds. Well, cause your feet are good.
1: Right. Okay. Bodies so over different. the line. Over yeah, the line I mean, tires not over the line.
0: The, the thing that, what three times a year, maybe this becomes a real topic for discussion. Maybe not even that often. Do you really need another rule?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, well, laser, I don't think so, but a laser that burns the car, right? It's like a powerful laser that burns the car. When you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that way, we know. Uh, bottom line though, it was, uh, I felt like it was good because anything that gets people up and active and on social media and, and tweeting and arguing about drag racing. That's good. And we've had a bunch of good things like that with the burn down and now this and uh, just good stuff. And J.R. Todd, first round with Jim Campbell. Like that was a great race. Like there were some individual not, unique not races, for not for Jim Campbell. I talked to poor Jim Campbell, who made the countdown for the first time in his career. He's very excited. Um, but he said it was a sick and sad Feeling to just be like rolling and knowing that he can do nothing, and he hears he told he described it in a great way. He hears what's going on back there, and and you know he's like feeling a little vulnerable, just kind of, slow rolling. Kind of he, on it, yes, and uh, and then <laughs> there he goes, and he's like
0: tough. Yeah, stuff. what was the, what was the top end speed like? Seventy five miles an hour on one side, at two ninety two on the other, some ridiculous yeah. thing like that. Might have been the biggest speed discrepancy in history.
1: Yeah, but uh, Jr. gets the job done, and then like Jr. Todd didn't win the race, but not that anybody didn't respect his driving. But sometimes you need it proven. Uh, and what he did first round with that, and then just staging the car in the second round with the clutch that's not working, just getting it in the beams in a critical moment. Jr. did some like really impressive stuff to not jump over the line to get it into the beams when the clutch was malfunctioning.
0: Yeah, you just you know, blip the throttle on eleven thousand horsepower hemi to try to make it move five inches and not ten. Right. Go for that. You know, yeah. let me know how it works out for you. What it, I it wouldn't surprise me when he got back if Jono had yelled at him for staging too deep. It's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. you took three hundreds from me. What the heck?
1: We need a lane <laughs> choice. We need a lane choice. And uh when the car goes up and no, smoke- what,
0: what he did, what he did with that thing was absolutely amazing. When it wouldn't back up from the burnout, I thought, okay, we've got a problem, right? And And then when it wouldn't go forward, it's like, okay, he's got a real problem, right? Because if it won't go in reverse, it won't go in reverse. And when he blipped the throttle, I'm thinking, you're kidding, right? (laughs) And then when he blipped it the second time, because he actually blipped, he did actually courtesy stage. You know, he blipped it in pre-stage and then blipped it again. And I'm thinking, there ain't no way. And then when he hit the gas and the car left the starting line, I was really in shock. I didn't think it would go two feet. And, you know, he ended up not winning the race. But, uh, yeah, I've. If there's anybody who wants to know, you know, if can JR Todd think quickly? Can JR Todd make a plan work that nobody's ever tried before? Very impressive performance. Yes. Very impressive.
1: Yes, very impressive. Uh, and, you know, he got it in there. He didn't win the round, but, you know, JR doesn't need additional respect. I think he is widely respected by everyone. But you want to see some pro level stuff happen in real time? Uh, he he did it and got it done. But, uh, you know, Cruz wins the round. Cruz goes on to the semis. Wilkerson takes down John Force. gets around Bobby Bode, gets around John Force, setting up Wilk versus Cruz. And Wilk is in the right lane, but, you know, that's where – was it a given that Cruz was going to win? Not necessarily. Cruz goes up in smoke. Wilk gets down the racetrack. On the other side of the ladder, it's Alexis and Caps. And how about that final four? You got Wilk, you got Cruz, you got Alexis, you got Caps. Uh, at the U.S. Nationals, all great storylines setting up the Caps Wilk final round. Caps has got lane choice, and I gotta tell ya,
0: the you, know craziest, I'm sorry, the craziest—I'm sorry—the craziest thing about that final four, Ron Caps, the only one hadn't no, hadn't won Indy. Yeah, that is crazy. Alexis is one Indy, Cruz is one Indy, and Tim had one Indy. If you just—if you said, okay, here's your four, pick the pick the one driver that's never won the U.S. Nationals, nobody would have picked Caps.
1: Yeah, except Caps is like he's got that storyline hanging over his head like an albatross. We didn't even mention it all weekend long, didn't even talk about it. Here Caps is in the final round. This is it. He's got lane choice. Is this going to be the year? And it wasn't the year, but only because Tim Wilkerson and Richard Hartman like went back there and said and ran a you know, Caps word astonishing 391. And uh for those that didn't see it Caps what a great post. Classy post. Maybe I'll read it later on when Wilkerson's on. Um but the guy just the disappointment of not winning Indy but was very happy for his friend Wilk and and flat out admitted like they just got they just got outran. Simple as that.
0: Yeah. Outran. Well, you know, Wilk hadn't run hadn't won a race in 5 years, which is stunning. He'd been to nine final rounds since the last time he'd won without winning one, which is also stunning. And he learned enough from being in that right lane that they went up there with a the game plan. And I, you know, I can't help but wonder, you know, if David Grubnick had had a test run in the right lane before he went up to run Steve, if he would have made a better run than he did. But Tim felt like he was comfortable, and he actually said after it was over with, he said, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they can run 90 flat again because they're going to have to do that to beat me. He really felt like he could go down that lane. And you know he he wasn't going to run an 88 or an 89, but he really felt like he could go down that lane. And all he needed, you know, just you know, just give me a chance. And it was it was a good side by side race. It ended up going Tim's way. And you know, other than maybe Shelly Caps, I don't think too many people were really disappointed that Ron didn't win it because for Tim, you know, been so long and he's been struggling so much, and he is so well liked and respected. You know, it's not. Nobody ever says, "Oh, darn, I'm really mad that Tim won a race. So, right you know, it's exactly. one of those deals. it was going to be a good story, no matter which light came on, and it turns out that the one on Tim's side came on,
1: and it was Shelly's birthday anyway. So I you know, know she, she had a good weekend. but but at the same time, like and and that's the thing about drag racing. It's like, is this going to be caps year? Well, if it's not, it's going to be Wilkes' year and everybody loves Wilk. And the sport is so much better when, Cruz Pedragon is winning and Wilkerson's winning. And if Alexis can get in there and here we are in the playoffs and caps is the points leader going in. Um, so everything happens for a reason. You can't be that upset uh, even as a caps fan. And and I suggest everybody go to the WFO radio Facebook page, which I've shared caps. You can go to Caps social media too, but it's a long post. Like he really puts his feelings out there and, you know, super classy, The way he just like they they got and Richard Hartman commenting on it. It's like a very insider kind of post. You'll all learn a lot from checking it out. But Richard Hartman basically saying caps. The only reason we did that is because we respect you guys so much. We knew that a high 90 was not going to win it. So it was like superhero or up in smoke. That's it. They basically rolled the dice and it stuck and they won and they've only got one body. And they are running around the Midwest right now, and we're going to try to connect with Wilkerson at 3 o'clock-ish, approximately. And this is an up-to-the-second programming update, everybody. Uh, we have added someone that you've heard of named Erica Enders to that show. Who? So be here live. Erica going to be on the show, and I guess Who? that's the perfect segue. Yeah, exactly. Someone. What does she
0: do, what does she do again? She is uh, a movie star. Oh, s- Courtney's uh, sister. Show. Courtney's Okay, I'm sorry. Courtney's sister. Yeah, if you'd have just said Courtney's oh, me.
1: sister. Yeah. <laughs> The gal is just unbelievable good, and she just won Indy back-to-back. Her third overall, Erica Enders. Um, Amazing. She and Kid Chaos in the final round, and not an easy go of it. Erica runs Bruno in the first round. Bruno's 001, but got out of control. Runs Hartford in the second round. Hartford goes red. What about the red lights, Alan? What do you think? Pro Stock and Pro Stock Motorcycle. A lot of red lights. Red lights are like. Infectious, they're viral. Like if somebody has one, all of a sudden maybe there's two. Now there's five. What was up with the red lights? Was it just indie nerves in your opinion?
0: I think so. I I honestly do. I think there's a you know, with and again, one qualifying session, right? Nobody feels real comfortable. No, and I think a lot of racers went up there with the with the mentality of I better get a head start here because. Nobody, nobody knew what was going to happen. You know, are you going to shake? Are you going to spin? Are you going to have, you know, and so let's make sure we at least leave first. And it's also indie, So, you know, I, I think that explains, I I really think that's self-explanatory. The fact that, you know, it's indie and everybody just had one hit at the tree. I think if we have full qualifying, everybody feels a whole lot more comfortable and, you know, I, that's just, that's just the way it went.
1: It's just the way it went. But uh, in the end, it's uh Uh, Erica goes through Greg again. Greg is 009 this time, but didn't get down the the racetrack. So Greg found a different way to not get the win there. And I'm just like thinking about that storyline. This is either going to make him mad or uh, who knows. But Greg 009 against Erica got up on the wheel, but the car got a little out of control and he had to lift. Erica goes on to win, sets up against Kid Chaos and then takes him out.
0: Greg was doing a really good job on the starting line all weekend long. I mean, his, even though, you know, again, with just one qualifying run, but his reaction times were really good all weekend long. And I don't know if they've changed something on the car or if that's something that he was, you know, made a, a, you know, mental change to that. He was going to focus more or work more on this, but he was, uh, I, you know, I think, I think he'd go back and you go, okay, this is a place where I can improve where I can improve. It's, it's interesting. I'll never forget I had a conversation with Warren Johnson in the trailer one time. Not publicly calling him out, but just he and I in the trailer. And, you know, I knew him well enough that I could have this conversation with him. And I said, whatever the number was, I said, you know, Warren, you've lost like seven races on hole shots this year. And I said, have you considered, you know, no, oh, that's stupid. That's a waste of time. That's, a, And I said, if you'd lost seven races this year because the transmission broke, how much time would you spend fixing that? Well, that had never happened. We'd go through this and that. And I said, you lost seven races and there is a way to get better. There is a way to improve. And I don't know that he ever did it or not, but I think it was at least food for thought. And it wouldn't surprise me. And I haven't talked to him, but it wouldn't surprise me if Greg sat down and went, you know what? This is something that I need to dedicate the time to, you know, is it the same as time in the dining room? No. Is it the same as time? No, but if I had lost five races because I had a ignition failure, I'd fix the ignition. If I lost five races because the shocks broke, I would fix the shocks. If I lost five races because my reaction time wasn't as good as the others, Let's see if we can fix that, whether it's adjusting the car, whether it's the driver doing something with it, but that's something that seems to me is worth investing some time in. And it, Whatever he did this weekend was considerably better.
1: Yes, and uh, for those that are wondering what Greg's lights were in the uh, the one qualifying session, I do not know, but 27 against Derek Kramer, first round, 14 against Christian Quadra, second round, 009 against E in the semifinals. And so, yes, a very consistent day behind the wheel for G.A. as he continues to. He's the points leader by 20 going into the countdown and uh, still chasing that Warren Johnson, Ty Warren Johnson stat. But uh, in the end, though, Erica, one of the greats, wins back-to-back indies now and just kind of pads that resume. And here we go. Like I can, I could not be more excited about the countdown in pro stock because now Kid Chaos has emerged. Right, Dallas Glenn is obviously a hitter. Troy Coughlin is out there. Aaron Stanfield is out there. Erica and Greg. Like it's a wide-open affair, and it could go in any direction. We could have somebody dominate the countdown. We could somebody win the countdown without winning a race the way it all works out. But uh, I think it's going to be a multi-race winner that wins.
0: I think it's going to be fun to watch because we've got a lot of really competitive cars right now. It has been all year long. Um, you know, it, it, it would, it would appear that, you know, Greg has had the best car. Uh, you could certainly make the argument that Erica has done the best job driving. Uh, you could make the argument that, that Aaron Stanfield had done the best job driving, but there are also a lot of others in that, that on any given day, You know, everybody you mentioned on any given day, there's no way if Troy Coughlin wins, nobody's going to say, well, where did he come from? We didn't expect him to win a race. You know, there's no way if Kyle wins, people are going to go, Kyle, correct what? Right. Because he's that good. He's that close. He's, you know, he's right in the middle of the mix. So, you know, we we could have five different winners in the countdown. We could legitimately have five different pro stock winners in the countdown.
1: Amazing. And, you know, I wanted to have Kid Chaos on this week because it's his home race and we're heading out there to the Grove and it's going to be just amazing for that kid. Uh, the only thing would have been better going to that race as the U.S. Nationals winner. But a final round emerging. I think it's going to be wild for him. And I expect uh, I expect good things out of Kid Chaos. Pro Stock Motorcycle. Heard from Eddie yesterday. Eddie comes in to Indy, the, you know, unassuming. Right. They were at the bottom of the points and Angel had to beat Corey Reed to lock in Andrew's spot. And then uh, Eddie beats Andrew and they get locked in. Corey Reed's also in the countdown because he showed up at all the races. But um, Eddie Kraywick, this guy, I know, you know, we know he's good, but like when it comes to competitors, he is right up there at the very top, takes down Angel in the final round. And maybe not quite the fun that they would have had if Hurricane Ida hadn't mowed through the bayou just days before. And everybody that was there from Louisiana and that part of the country had kind of gone through a really bad time. I was real happy to see Angel get that experience, but Eddie came out on top, simply put.
0: Yeah. He had the best bike, you know, qualified number one and ran the table. Uh, The the thing that's got to have everybody scratching their heads over there at V and H is what the heck's going on with Andrew. Now he only made two runs. Okay. And you, you muff one in qualifying. Okay. That could happen to anybody, but he ended up 16th. Do you realize, I mean, All they need is somebody to make a run. And he wouldn't have even been there on Sunday. And it would have been a moot point about whether he's going to be in the countdown or not because he would have been out. Right. But, you know, he got in. um, And if anybody thinks there's no chance he can win it, then they don't know anything about Andrew because he's just very methodical and very, but they got to figure out what's wrong with that bike. Something weird going on over there. You know, Angel's confidence right now is at an all time high. So I think she's going to be a factor. You know, all of the Matt Smith bikes are good. Uh, I was a little surprised that Steve Johnson didn't you know, have a, wasn't more of a factor, let's just put it that way at Indy. But again, with one qualifying session, nobody really finds their way into their comfort zone. But I do think that he's going to be, he's going to be a contender in the championship. Uh, And again, I think, you know, (laughs) I think Matt Smith could win five races or we could have five different winners in Pro Stock Motorcycle. And I don't know which one it's going to be.
1: Well, exactly. It's going to be fun, and uh, we will find out soon enough. All right, let's rapid fire through the rest of the winners because uh, someone was asking, like, when are you going to have Wilk and uh, and uh, Erica on? And we're going to do that one hour from now, guys. We're going to do it around 3 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to come back on live, finish with Alan, come back on live and see what happens. And then that'll be the final WFO broadcast of the week, by the way, because I travel tomorrow heading up there for the next race. And if you're in the Northeast, you should be coming to the Grove. Like, why would they not come to the Grove, Alan? Come on now.
0: Well, it's supposed to be good weather, and if it's good weather, that place is going to be fast, so hopefully everybody will.
1: All right. Jackie Frick had her on yesterday. If you guys didn't hear, Jackie was over the moon. (laughs) Said she, quote, drove like a bozo, but she won the race anyway. Doug Gordon goes back-to-back at the U.S. Nationals. Thoughts on the alcohol cart?
0: Uh. Happy for both of them. I mean, Jackie, you know, for as long as she's been around the sport and what Indy means to her, uh, and if if Matt had won it, you know, when, when Jackie and the Cummings cars racing, which is the McPhillips car, you know, they're both northeastern competitors. They, you know, they might not quite be Eddie and gel and as far as, you know, chip jabbering with each other, but they definitely have a lot of respect and a lot of fun racing each other, so that was a good one. Uh, you know, for Doug Gordon, uh, the championship is, you know, still up in the air, but, you know, Doug needed to win. And he did win and coming in and winning Indy again, so special, you know, with his wife there and his daughters and his mom and dad and the whole deal. So, uh, you know, and and he had a pretty good car, but there's a lot of pretty good cars out there in alcohol Funny Car right now. I hope they all keep coming to the races. It's so much more fun when we have full fields and everybody's got to race up from the start to the finish.
1: Absolutely. Alcohol Funny Car. Guys, you are loved. We appreciate you. We love the cars. Bring them out. Please bring them out. Uh, Jim Greenhack in Comp Eliminator. That's a popular win. He does a lot of good things uh, behind the scenes in the sport. And uh, now he's got the big go.
0: Yeah, and that was just a matter of who could hold on to their index. You know, when when we got into about the third round or so, you know, everybody was just bashing index here and there, and, and you just needed to try to hold on for enough for the final. So it's it's you know kind of like the Wilkerson win. I don't think there were a whole lot of people who are disappointed to see Jim Greenheck win Indy because he's so well liked and respected.
1: Well, exactly. Um, And a lot of first time winners. The only real downside, I really love doing the parade of champions and speaking with the winners after the win that happened all after the Camping World Series was long gone and done and the crowd had left. But, uh, you know, Matt Morris, Matt Lisa, Nick Eisenhower, uh, Edmund Richardson, the king. Uh, Lawrence Payton in Super Street, a first-time winner. Lawrence revealing, you know, that he was racing for his son out there. He lost a couple of years ago in 2014. Gets the job done. Edmund Richardson made me feel old. I looked at Edmund, and I was like, wow. And he he talked about how he, you know, this is the second most valuable win of his career because he's gotten older, and you don't know when they're going to come as they come. And then, uh, you know, Nick Eisenhower, Matt Lisa, Matt Morris all getting wins. Just great day of racing.
0: Yeah, you're going kind of wanky on me on the internet. I don't know if I'm doing the same thing back at you or not, but uh, you know, for Eisenhower, um, you know, having and and for Matt Lisa, both of them, you know, family members that have won, family members that have done well doing. I still can't believe that Edmund Richardson had never won in Supergas before. That boggles my mind for all that he's done. That that was his first win in Supergas. But uh, you know, it was cool that he got. And you know, if you win indie. You know, whether it's your first win, whether it's your 50th win, it's always special. So, you know, for all the winners, congratulations. It was a good, fun day of watching the sportsmen cards and calling the action. And like you say, I just – I hate the fact that they ended up late. It's way more fun when they end up early. We get to talk to them, have the parade of champions, and let them all share their stories with the crowd.
1: All right. I understand our net is uh, getting a little weird, so I'm just going to say something to let you close it out. Uh, you know, Jeff Barker, Zach Sackman, Jimmy Lewis – top sportsman, top dragster pro mod right there. Uh, Ryan Peary towing the parachute and top fuel Harley, Jesse Alexandra in constant aviation factory showdown. Like, was that not the joy that we all want to see after somebody wins?
0: Uh, You know, that was something. And for Jesse, and and I'm not taking anything away from him, but the guys in the other lane were just, you know, uh, I believe his second round in the semifinal or his, his, um, quarter and semifinal opponents both did the giant giant wheel stand and got out of the groove and then you know Aaron smoking the tires in the final um, I think Mark Power smoked the tires against him earlier in the day so it's what it really looked like for Jesse it was one of those you know when it's your day it's your day uh, he had a solid day drove well went down the racetrack every time and the guys in the other lane didn't and sometimes that's all you got to do to win is just make clean runs and that's exactly what he did so yeah Batman wins Indy that was kind of cool
1: Yes, yes, just amazing stuff. And uh, JEGS All-Stars, D2, baby, Southeastern Division. Woo!
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it, you know, it was everything about that Friday was good. You know, we got started off in the morning good with the sportsman runs, some eliminations, and then about noon, the All-Stars take over, and they have the spotlight for the whole day, uh, you know, all the way down to the Hemi Challenge. Steve Camilla, I think, uh, put a little surprise on everybody in the final out there when he won that but it was just a really fun day of racing. Anytime the all-stars get together, you know you're going to have great action on the track and Jegs make it special every year. You know, Woody just keeps coming up with new ways and new things and new stuff they can do. Uh, I think Sarah Walker deserves a little shout out too. She's the person on the NHRA side of the fence that, you know, makes things happen and does all, you know, all of the all of the logistical stuff and all of the all of the stuff that nobody ever sees, but the yeah. event wouldn't be nearly as good without all, all of her efforts.
1: Well, absolutely. Getting the full rosters of the teams prior to the event. And when uh, uh, Jerry Emmons is replacing David Latino, getting all those updates, that was really, uh, really great. And congratulations to all the JEGS All-Stars winners. Just amazing stuff. Hey, here's Tater Troyer. Talking about, uh, I did a huge wheelie, but couldn't be happier to lose to Jesse. Well, exactly, uh, Anthony Troyer, who is one of those Barton teammates, and yeah, a lot of big wheel stands. Good to see that the giant wheel stand is not gone from Factory Showdown; it's still a thing.
0: I just hated to see John Serbone end up having to crack the wall with his car. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a big hit by any means, but uh, man, those cars, those cars are so cool, and i I hate to see I hate to see anybody tear one up. So it didn't look too bad from where I was sitting. Hopefully, it's not too bad. Uh, you know cuz he's got himself a he's got himself a good fast hot rod and and i hate the fact that uh that you know Skillman was the only ford that was there right? there was some controversy over the superchargers i don't know what it was i don't want to go dive into it but i just hate the fact that uh, that the fords weren't there i thought we were going to see a few of them at least
1: i got i got a note on it i went down and talked to bill um they had the wrong superchargers on the cars the uh not approved by NHRA superchargers NHRA Uh, informed them of that bill skillman had one flown in put it on the car and uh, chuck watson elected to not uh switch the supercharger and they left that's the story that i have so
0: what are you gonna do i got about every third word of that so
1: oh it was the best too. i i'll tell you i'll tell you in maple grove alan final thought final thought there he is he's gone see Final thought. We just lost Alan. And there he goes. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us right here on WFO Radio. Here, I'll text him. Like, that was great, Alan. We are good. Right? Yeah, that was good. That was good. Stand by, everybody. Thanks. Yeah, no, I went down and talked to Bill Skillman because I saw the uh, Prairie Fire set on Facebook and all the Factory Showdown message boards. And I, you know, when we did Factory Stock Podcast, and I plan on bringing that podcast back at some point, um, I love that category. Like, I want to be close to that category. I want to know what's going on. And there's just, you know, we know that misinformation and disinformation is something in our lives, especially on social media. What I saw about... NHRA like kicked the Fords out because they don't want Fords running at the U S nationals. Just it's a, it's a shock to me at the type of stuff that people will put out there. And so I, I took it upon myself to kind of get to the bottom of what was going on. Was that true? You know, like maybe it is, maybe it was true. The stuff that I was seeing in the factory showdown pages. So, you know, who I trust is I trust Bill Skillman. Like Drew and and Bill have been really straight uh, when they're angry or not agreeing or when they agree. And I went down to Bill and he's like, no, man, we had the wrong supercharger. It was not the approved supercharger. It was a different supercharger that there had been some modifications made and the modifications hadn't gone through the approval process. And so we had a supercharger flown in and that's on the car. And that's why we're here and we're still running. And there you go. So, like, to every one of those people that went on the net and put out a whole, like, emotional, angry, misinformation diatribe, like, what about those people? Like, what do we do about those people? Like, think of how many people they turned off to the category. Ford fans that now believe that NHRA has got some sort of bizarre axe to grind. Instead of all of us wanting them to be there and appreciating them being there and appreciating their investment and wanting to see them race. All of us, like those of us, and there's a lot of us, we don't matter to those people. Instead, they would rather circle the wagons and be victims. Like, what is that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? It's not good. Not healthy. But by the way, uh, when Jesse Alexander won the race, man, that was a million miles away from my mind. I was just super happy for Jesse. Man of mystery. Let's see. Uh, It was unfortunate. Too bad we couldn't get more Fords into the race. Well, I hear that next year is going to be a thing. And by the way, it's not the team so much. It's like random people that claim to be Ford fans that have got it in their mind somehow, like some weird victim thing that I can't even really begin to describe. Like wanting to be a victim of some sort of conspiracy within the sport against cobra jet mustangs like it's really just a bizarre and sad thing that i shouldn't even be really be talking about giving it oxygen but i am because it's just like i find it to be really illuminating about the world we live in now that what and i know the answer i actually know the answer it's like the feedback you get on the facebook the validation of an opinion like look at these people they're interacting with my crazy comment isn't it great It's so bad. It's so unhealthy. But that's what's going on. Uh, Okay. Division high and mighty rules. Congratulations, Division two. Yes, exactly. Send your congratulations to the Southeastern Division, please. What caused uh, Brittany to back the baloney? I don't know what that means. Forgive me. All right. Final comments in the comment section. uh, And then we're going to get on out of here. Like, I got to tell you about Patreons, right? The Patreons, they get nothing extra. It's a big waste of their time and money. And yet they do it. Why is that? Why is that? No, they get something out of it. Patreon.com slash WFO radio. I give them behind the scenes. I tell them stuff in advance. Like, I'm going to jump on Patreon here in a little bit and tell them something in advance. That's going to be a big deal, I think. Uh, so check them out, patreon.com slash WFO radio. And of course, torque calibration services, Matt Clark down there in Australia, huge drag racing fan. He's a racer. They're in extreme lockdown down there. He wanted to be involved and they calibrate all the best name torque systems in the business. They make sure they're on the money. So if you've got a race team, if you're down there uh, by all means, reach out to torque services.com.au. Thank you, Matt, for supporting us on uh, our big go coverage. Appreciate you. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the Dragster Adventure. FrankHawley.com. Go to their website, put together a corporate event for you and your best customers, and they'll love you forever. It will be such a great experience for all of them, and they will understand you and you will bond. FrankHawley.com. Total Seal Piston Rings, leader in ring seal technology. Hidden Horsepower, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, but really it's all an exercise uh, to educate about ring seal. We're going to be doing another Trackside Tech Talk in uh, Charlotte, Friday in Dallas, in Vegas. So if you thought, wow, that trackside tech talk sounds like a really great idea. And if you're a Lucas Oil Series racer, you couldn't be there because the JEGS All-Stars were happening at exactly the same time. Uh, there will be more. There will be more. You'll learn more about Ring Seal, uh, Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinist and Technology. Start your education at full speed. Hit them up if you want to learn blockhead, CNC, programs, uh Motorsport EFI tuning. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. Hit them up, Samtech.edu. And of course, Marvin Rodak, Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com The hot sauces and the spice rubs and everything that is so good. That's Marvin 817-924-6821. Give Marvin a call. Tell him you heard about it all over WFO radio. Like Marvin, this guy is really pushing your stuff. And here's the sticker address Castello Media slash WFO stickers. PO box eight four eight three five three Pembroke Pines, Florida, three three oh eight four. And look at this. I have a bunch of, uh, I got a bunch of self-addressed stamped envelopes that people, these people are going to get some free stickers after Maple Grove, guys, after Maple Grove. And uh, AJ, who is a listener, sent me this card and I've heard about it, but we're going to read it right here on the air. We're doing, oh, mail, open mail. You send me some mail, I'm going to open it on the air. There's a good chance. You're seeing it even before I see. Oh, gee, you shouldn't have. What is this about? Oh my gosh, look. Awesome drawings from agent. Look at this. Look at this kid. Good job. Fire! Excellent. I get that. We could put that right up here in our WFO Hall of Fame. And this is just a piece of stock. Hi, Joe. Just wanted to tell you thank you so much for all the Patreon swag. I really loved all of it and appreciate it very much. I really like all the stickers and the T-shirt. Really, I liked everything. Hope to see you in September at Maple Grove WFO. Thanks, AJ. And look at this. He did the logo. He did our traditional logo. That's pretty good. Way to go, AJ. And yeah, I'll see you, I believe, tomorrow or Friday. And how great is this, that I accidentally... Did not go pick up mail from August 16th. And the day I go pick it up is the right before the day we're about to go see AJ and his ma. Right? Look at that. That is so nice. And the day I make all this fuss about it, Patreon not doing anything for the Patreons. And here we get a wonderful thank you card for all the stuff we do for our Patreons. You don't have to join the secret society, you know. You don't have to. That's, that's what makes it cool. Is that not everybody is in on it. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say. And uh, here's the update coming up 45 minutes from now, three o'clock, we're going to get Wilk, hopefully, maybe not. Wilk is very busy. They only got one body. They're trying to secure a second body for the countdown. And they're running all over the Midwest, trying to do it as we speak, but also Erica. And they're going to be in the same show. And it's going to be the one that says Tim Wilkerson, except Erica's going to be in on it too. Because Wilk's only got a couple of minutes. And that's coming up not long from now, so I better end this one very soon. But let's see what everybody has to say. All right. Hey, Monica, you got it. I'll tell him. Tell the kid, man. Tell him. Thank you, Monica. Thank the kid. Sports collision. Take the Cowboys and the points, says Damon. Yeah. Take the points. And all of those of you, I thought that the Hurricanes should take the points against Alabama, and that was a grave mistake. McNeil Freeman. What's up, McNeil? V Automatic. You got to figure that thing out, buddy. Good seeing McNeil. I love McNeil Freeman. Everybody loves McNeil. How many points can be earned at a race? We'll talk about that later, man. Got my WFO mask on. Steve, good job. Rocking the WFO mask. What caused Britain to bake the tires? Well, I think they just were too aggressive is what caused it. They were running against Steve Torrance, who is the greatest of our modern era. And they were in bad lane and they did what Tim Wilkerson did. Uh, they was either going to go down the track and they were going to beat him or they were going to smoke the tires. And Wilkerson got down the racetrack and Grubnik uh, smoked the tires. And, you know, got to go for it. Like, do they really want to go out there and run, like, 80 and just get beat? I don't know. They were going for it. Watching from the hospital, says Steve. Stephen Doyle, good show. See you at the Grove. I'll be at the Grove, baby. Great show with Alan. Thanks, Joe. Jeter Day. It is Jeter Day, and it's all over. Derek Jeter really should have been in a unanimous Hall of Famer, but one sports writer out there wanted to put some stink on it. That's fine. But Jeter, greatness personified. Not just his athletic ability, but the way he handles himself as a person. Gotta love Derek Jeter. And that's a good way to tell people's character. Like, what do you think of Derek Jeter? You don't have to be a Yankee fan, but guy's pretty much universally respected. Division 7 rocks. Team Woodburn. Yeah, congratulations, Todd. That's great. Uh, I know people who say NHRA still favors Dodge over something that happened in the 1980s. Yeah, it's crazy. And we're talking about it a little bit more. Again, I hate to give oxygen to weird stuff, but following the weird conspiracy rants in Factory Showdown, it's just not in touch with reality is is really what it is. Uh, Yes, the Fords did have to do a lot of work uh, over the past couple of years changing their cars. And maybe we could question the... Um, hey, guys with one manufacturer are having to do all the work, but they've got a four valve per cylinder engine. And you know, you never hear the Ford guys talk about that. You never hear them talk about that they got four valves per cylinder, overhead cams. Never say that. Like, it's not the same kind of engine. It's really a miracle that we're even as close as we are. Thanks for the show. Maybe AR got a phone call. Oh, I don't want to put that on him again. Like I said, everything's NHRA's fault. Might as well start blaming NHRA for COVID. <laughs> yeah. No, they do. Well, any anybody who has responsibility, it's not just NHRA, and this is where I will end. Any person or people in any organization or any organization that has responsibility, right, they take a beating from people without responsibility. It's, it's so easy. Like, oh, if I was in charge, I would be doing everything perfect and everything would be great. And it's easy to say that when you're not in charge. Um, you know, the Sunday morning qualifying session concept, right? Like, believe me, it was discussed. It's like, no, we can't do it for all of these reasons, right? What are we going to do that? And that's going to be the new policy. We just pull a, a qualifying session out of our hat uh, because we need it when someone's, uh, you know, what about Hagen being out? Listen, now you know. How about this? Now you know that NHRA is not going to do some stuff, just to, you know, the Mopar car is not in the Mopar race. What did NHRA do? They let it be. They let it be. I think that earns that's earned credibility right there. Um, but it doesn't matter, earned credibility it doesn't matter because the people that we're talking about don't care about facts or truth. They just want a response. That's what you have to learn about social media. A large portion of the people that are on there don't care about the truth, don't care about the subject, don't care about anything. They just want a response. Maybe for fun and entertainment, maybe to whip some people into a frenzy, maybe to see what kind of reaction they get, maybe to gain some followers. Like They just want a response. Maybe because they're bored, maybe because they're lonely. Maybe, you know, we just don't know. But people will go on to the social media and raise the subject and be totally wrong. That's not what they're trying to do. They're not trying to be right. There's an ulterior motive. And that's why, you know, I've switched most of my social media to uh, you know, podcasts, right? Listen to a podcast. Find a good podcast like WFO Radio. Like, uh, how about uh, last night? I was on American Hot Rod Entertainment. With uh, Darren Williams and Jerron Settles, and we watched every sportsman final round and broke them down. And that's out there on YouTube. Thank you, Darren, for inviting me on your show. That was great. I had a lot of fun. When are you starting the pit tours again? Unknown. Unknown. And honestly, um, I think that, not speaking for NHRA, just speaking as a citizen of the world, I think that I'm going to be being very cautious in my interactions after you know what's going on, Matt Hagan, others in the world, various sports, we're in a new uh, we're in a new flare up right now, so maybe 2022 is the best answer. Uh, maybe Geo can make an emergency appearance at the end of the next show. Maybe, maybe I don't get it. All right, everybody, Erica Wilkerson coming up around three o'clock or maybe they won't it'll just be us talking again that's very possible too. stick with us wfo radio and share this one by the way get it out there ryan hart and Indy winners wfo